our listeners all over the world. If you're hearing this, then you've stumbled upon a brand new episode of Real True Facts. My name is Joyce Summers. And I am Pat Swayze. Not that one. Hey, Pat. Pat Swayze. Uh, This week uh, is week two of the Real True Facts Monster Mash. Last week we talked about lycanthropy, but this week it's a brand new monster. And if you feel like you're being watched as well, you're not alone. Because this show is all about the invisible man. Yep, uh, one of those classic kind of, um, you know, we're calling them monsters. Uh, I, I think that's still maybe a bit unfair, but um, it's hard to come up with something else. Uh, you know, classic monsters, so the Invisible Man, or, you know, we'll kind of be discussing invisibility in general. And I have to say, this is toward the top of the list whenever you ask someone about uh, what superpower they might want. Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, flying is up there, but... I feel like invisibility is really toward the top of the list, right? It is. I think people say flying, and then they go, oh, invisibility. You know, some of the things they want is like, I guess just to to go undetected or have super strength, just something to really give them a leg up in life. And I think invisibility is kind of the ultimate uh, superpower in that way if you're thinking about like, you know, uh, how it could help your life the most. Because if you can go places undetected or, or hear information that maybe you would normally be privy to without people knowing, I, I think you might become a very powerful person. Yeah, it's not unlike uh, reading someone's thoughts, right? But you don't have to get inside their head. You can just uh, hear them in private conversations. Um and I think it just brings out the natural uh, voyeur in all of us. You know, everyone's like, oh, I'm everyone says I'm not a voyeur or I don't have those tendencies. But I feel I feel like if you were invisible, if you suffered from that condition or had that ability, depending on how you want to look at it, um, I, I don't see how you wouldn't embrace your uh, more voyeuristic uh, tendencies. Yeah, it's such a psychological thing. You know, there's really no mental, like, middle ground with invisibility. Either you love it because you can use it to um, influence other people or, um, you know, up your position in the world. You can spy on people. You can do nefarious things. But then the opposite side of it is just not being seen at all and and being really upset about it and feeling lesser than you know just just being completely passed over and so there's really no like oh i'm a solid five like i'm cool with being invisible but if i wasn't whatever you you either really want it or you don't at all yeah i wonder if that might come with the uh, the ability to control it you know if you could control it then that would be great but if you couldn't I could really see it being, uh, you know, something you wouldn't want at all because you could feel, as you said, lesser than. Yeah, it's like a like an invisibility cloak. Like we we hear of like cloaking devices and things where, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you can put this on yourself and use it, but then if you drop it, then you'd be revealed again. Right. So in this case, I think uh, rather than a a device or a piece of technology and in uh, an external piece of technology, this almost goes toward uh, a biological technology or, you know, in, an inherent trait. And uh, I said the B word, uh, biological. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like that might be a cue for us to bring in Dr. Seymour if we have him this week. What do you think? Yeah, I know. Last week he almost blew himself up. Let's see if he's alive. 
Dr. Seymour, we're hacking the mainframe. You with us? Yes, I am here and hey. safe, and I am back in the lab. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, I'm glad that thing got uh, got aired out. I, I know that stuff can happen when you're working with so many chemicals and and materials and science. Um, you know that sometimes you, you have to clear the room. Yeah. So yeah, we're glad that you're safe. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, we're we're right back on track and uh, and plugging away again. Learned our lesson, hopefully. Well, good. So you know, we're talking about invisibility and. You know, after I said you almost blew yourself up, I happened to think of like, um, you know, scientific experiments gone wrong. And in comic books, we see a lot of origin stories. That's how scientists get their powers. This is like experiments go uh, incorrectly. They blow up. They fall into something. They're exposed to rays or gas or something like that. Is that something that might give you, your body a, a different ability like invisibility? Are you ever worried about something like that in the lab? Um, we, we try to be careful with that. Um, a lot of the, um, the, the, the chemical means that they kind of uh, uh, play on for a, for a mutation like that is, is very unlikely. Um, but when you're dealing with uh, radiation, and um, every now and then we do have to, to get into that, talking x-rays, gamma rays, etc. That's when you're talking about the, the possibility of a very rapid mutation and um, a mutation that we may not have very much control over. So we, we are aware of that. We, we just try to be extra careful, extra aware, and know that um, even if there's that... Um, that uh, carrot out there of getting superpowers, there's also just as much danger um, lying in those transformations as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have to imagine safety is paramount and then everything else kind of uh, takes a back seat to that. Um, one thing we, we, we often talk about here on Real True Facts are where we might see this stuff in nature um, or in other animals other than humans. And so I'm, I'm, uh, thinking about like a chameleon or other animals kind of come to mind that uh, have really special camouflage. While that may not be um, traditional invisibility, I feel like that's uh, a pretty close step. Uh, what do we have in nature as far as, um, you know, super camouflage or even some sort of reflective, refractive uh, invisibility? Yeah. Um, so yes, obviously chameleons are the most familiar of those um, with the ability there. But there's actually a lot in um, the aquatic world that uses um, uses this. Humans are just uh, we're just a little bit less used to it than being uh, you know underwater and kind of maybe blending in from our perspective. But a lot um, in the in the jellyfish, squid, octopus family. But there's also um, fish that have specific scales, um, which not only mimic their surroundings, but give a, a, an appearance of translucence. And it's all, there's different technologies where we've tried to make this happen, but it's all about kind of bending and refracting the light so that um, you, mm. your, your line of sight appears to be going straight through something wherein, in fact, it's kind of curving um, around an object um, without even mm. knowing that object's there. Like a magic trick. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. So this actually, I'm curious because I've, I've heard about it. I'm just familiar enough with it to be uh, dangerous uh, in that, you know, the human human sight, we can see a certain spectrum of, of light. So, you know, we can we can see certain things, but then there are just some um, frequencies of light and, and that we just we don't see our human eyes just don't pick up. Um, I've heard of that spectrum before. And so that makes me wonder, it, it could be possible something could be invisible to humans, but visible to, you know, dogs or cats or, um, you know, obviously a heat um, infrared camera or something like that, uh, or a specialized camera. Um, what's that spectrum like? How does that work with the, uh, as far as humans can see? Yeah, so humans, we see um, what we call kind of, um, you know, thinking of our like a human-centric world here, uh, the visible spectrum, uh, our rainbow, red, all the way up to violet in terms of wavelength and energy. But there is um, what, what we would consider, you know, what's going to give us a sunbird, the ultraviolet, just a little bit higher in energy or right below red, infrared. So the, mm. they're all the exact same form of wave. They're the exact same form of light, but they just carry different energies. And yeah, humans are tuned in to a very narrow gap of colors we can see, and we're even more sensitive to certain colors than others. So there's definitely um, different animals, and even um, within the human race, there's probably some differences in in what colors we observe or or how we observe them. It's such a mind-bending thought to me because when we talk about camouflage, it's like, obviously, that animal is still there. It's just deploying something or it's, it's using something on its body to hide. So it's not seen by something else. And then you have this concept of, of total invisibility where it's just gone. There's nothing there. So I guess my thought is, if even if it's still there, if we can't see it, is it gone? Like, is, is it whatever we perceive it to be or is it actually gone? It's like I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this concept of like of, of disappearance. Yeah, that's that's challenging. Um, I, and I think it's, it's all about where you draw the line. We would normally say, well, with camouflage, we're just not seeing it well. But when that does start to get into the more in, invisible um, definition, like if it is what yes what do we define as being at a place and mm-hmm. whose perspective are are we defining that from and when we do get to the um i mean from a strictly scientific physical physics sense some of the, those creatures that we wouldn't see you know you can go up and, and poke it and it is there yeah but um, is there something that kind of goes beyond that where invisibility does start to lead to um, a less lesser existence is, is a mm-hmm. great question. Wow. Yeah, this is I'm getting really excited. This kind of nerds me out when it gets <laughs> existential. So, I mean, uh, I guess the definition of existence scientifically is is everything as mass. Right. So it would for it to be there, even whether we could see it or not, it would need mass. So maybe the human eye couldn't, you know, the question is, if we can't see it, is it there? But I mean, lots of things we can't see, but you could turn on a, you know, a, a, an instrument and see it. And that's proof that it's there. Um, 
but then, uh, you know, if there isn't any instrument that can see it <laughs> yeah. um, and someone says, yeah, you know, there's a spirit there. That's a, a pretty good example. Right, right? A spirit right, exactly. or a ghost or something. And the, no, it's there. All right. We, we don't have the instruments to see that um, or no, it's there. Well, you know, that's why I guess we have to develop new instruments if, um, you know, if we want to get to the bottom of these uh, real true facts. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if it's invisible, then in the literal sense of the word, it you can't see it, whether it's there or not. Like, you know, if I go into the other room, I'm invisible to someone else just because I'm not visible. So it's like we have the, the literal definition of it. And then we've got this sort of amorphous blob that is invisibility thinking, well, maybe maybe you're here, maybe you're not or mass. So I'll, I'll be interested to get into it with our expert. Right. Yeah. And I mean, before we let Dr. Seymour go back, I have to ask if um, maybe there are any instruments or scientific tools, um, because it's been a little while since we've spoken about like, uh, you know, spirits or energies or um, ghosts, things like that. So I'm wondering if anything new, if if you're working on anything, Dr. Seymour, that might be a possible, I don't know, an energy sensing tool or device in the lab where we would know if we can't see something is there something there yeah so um there is there is some some different ways um we're trying to kind of upscale electron microscopes to more of an electron um, telescope um that would be seeing at a bigger scale and we're still just as and um we'll definitely be going from the um advice the expert on this uh if we're finding more and more invisibility as just like a the um, if if there have been beings and humans specifically that have been able to harness the ability to to bend or to elude certain visible wavelengths, then it's really important for us to know like how to how to tune into those other wavelengths um, mm. that that may still be able to be sensed, whereas we we wouldn't see it in the traditional sense. So those are kind of the two things we're we're trying to stay up on um, for our own good, but also for the for the support of the, the scientific community. Interesting. Yeah, I like the sound of that, an electron uh, telescope. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So, yeah, on that note, why don't we uh, take a quick break and we will be right back with our expert this week. Sounds great. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Dr. Seymour. We'll send you back down in the book. back from a short break on Real True Facts. Our guest today is Jeremy Baxter, an expert in reflective science. His weekend public access show, Me and My Reflective Science, uh, just got picked up by Apple TV and is in development. Uh, please give us a warm Real True Facts welcome to Jeremy Baxter. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. But, Jeremy, that's so exciting about your show. Well, thank you. It's uh, It's been a long time running. Uh, we've been working on the, on the weekend... Uh, the weekend show for quite some time now and to uh to have somebody look at it uh, we we start our time slot uh the name of the show is called me and my reflective science and our time slot when we first uh began the show was uh late saturday morning or sunday morning i'm sorry excuse me at around 2:30 a.m. yeah and uh 
by the magic of of people tuning in to the show. Uh, Apple caught a somebody at Apple cut some somebody got their a, a, Apple cut their eye or whatever the phrase is. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. exciting, yeah, because you're in Provo, like you're not even in Hollywood, so that's really cool that a show that's that's not even being developed in LA gets picked up. So. That's yeah, I've cool. heard that, you know, Apple's spent uh, around a billion, I think it's billion with a B, dollars yeah. in developing their new, you know, TV and, and film service. And so they're, you know, doing more fringe stuff that's right up our alley, you know, in real true facts. So yeah, it makes sense. And it, it's great to hear that they're taking more risks and, and uh, delving deeper into sciences and uh, subjects that uh, everyone else seems to be afraid of. Uh, did you say billion? With a B? Yeah, billions. Yep. Huh. Yeah, I'm not saying that all, all of that uh, may have gone to, to your show. I yeah, just they, know they, that, uh, yeah, they have to pay those high uh, high price writers, directors, and actors that, uh, you know, uh, won't move over to Apple unless they uh, flash the dollars, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. I didn't, yeah. Yeah I, 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 yeah, I don't know how much they're paying you. Yeah, but it's not a, they're, not, not like that. Not that hmm. much. Oh, well, you know, it's. Uh, bureaucracy uh so i want to uh, let's let's get into it here um well we can talk more about your show but um i for all of us at home and, and me 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 and myself included uh what is reflective science oh my goodness where do i begin reflective science is the reflection of light um now i can't give you uh i, I can give you uh uh notes for days and and i will go through my uh the science of reflection. Um, but um, I, I will let you know right off. I don't want any uh, do this to any of our listeners, but I didn't graduate, but I sure came close one year. And mm-hmm. um, that to me was, was, is, is an important knowledge that I, I'd, I'd like to put out there. Um, so, so my um, science, what I want to talk about um, is, is, is trying to, Prove uh, the fact of in, in, invisible uh, invisibility, and mm-hmm. um, by saying that, I, I, there was a few problems I had in, in, my, in my my final years at school, uh, and um, a lot of the scientists they disagreed with my, um, I guess, way of of presenting the invisibility. Mm-hmm. So you left because of that conflict, not really a reflection, no pun intended, <laughs> of uh, of the uh, educational institution, but rather other scientists uh, kind of balking at your claims. Yeah, because uh, they honestly didn't believe what I was saying, and I I was I proved I feel like I proved myself correctly. So if we go back to we can talk about that, but reflection ba- basically. Is uh, is when light bounces off an object. Um, for example, if if <clears throat> if if there's a smooth surface, uh, shiny surface, water, metal, polished metal, glass, um, the light uh, reflects at a sa- at the same a- angle as its surface, and this is called a, a specular reflection. And what that can do. Um, in the right way is is make it where you can see uh the object that's looking into it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. 
So it's almost like uh, this ray or particle of light is canceling itself out uh, in the in the visible spectrum that we, you know, Dr. Seymour was kind of talking about the the visible spectrum that we can see as humans. So it's almost like you know if it, it reflects at the same angle as you said, then it almost cancels it out. And I could see how that would you know lead to invisibility. That <laughs> that kind of makes sense there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's it's like it's like cutting something right in the middle. Uh, if if you if you if you're looking at the sun, you see, and you're not supposed to obviously look at the sun, you know, make sure you, you uh, don't because that would hurt your eyes. Uh, but if you put your hands, when you put your hand over your eyes or to, to shade yourself from the sun, well, the sun technically becomes invisible, mm. you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we like to call uh, a specular reflection because we're blocking that and the electrons that uh mr or dr seymour is talking about uh, i'm interested to chat with him at some point because the um going from a micros uh, microscope uh to the telescope with the electrons is going to make a, a a slew of difference yeah so i think that's a really interesting scientific possibility uh hopefully dr seymour can you know, make that happen when it comes to um, uh, a device that can, you know, as we said, maybe see things that the human eye uh, can't see, which, as we mentioned before, that might be the definition of invisibility, right? That something is there. Yeah. Uh, that mass is there, but yeah. we uh, as humans can't see it, right? Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're dealing with mass not disappearing completely, just being um, hidden from our eye. Correct. Another example would be uh, uh, diffuse reflection, which is when light hits an object and it reflects in in several different directions. And that, uh, of course, we're talking about um, rough surfaces. You know, you go to a territory or an area where there's a lot of rocks, rough surfaces light from the sun or light from them, anything will reflect off of those objects. And, and it's almost like an explosion of light because it bounces in several different directions. Yeah. So what well, we're, I, trying, I, yeah. What we're trying to do here, I'm sorry, excuse me, no. what, we're trying, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to control that diffusion and direct all that light onto a specific object and or person and when all that all that uh, diffused light hits that person, then it tends to look exactly like the object around it, much like a chameleon you were talking about or the sea life earlier. Yeah, and thus and, making it invisible. Yeah, and and bef- I wanted to bring this up too because when you said an explosion of light, and I thought of uh, camouflage, I also thought of mirages. Um, like when you said they hit the desert and people see things that might not be there or things are hidden. Um, I, oddly enough, and, and go with me uh, on this tangent, if you will, um, that was another theory with the Titanic was that um, it, it didn't, it hit the iceberg because it didn't see it, that the water was so clear that night that there was a, f- a reflection off the water and it cloaked the iceberg so they didn't see it in time to turn. Um, you know, with with that mirror, that reflective surface and water that's um, not as uh, choppy as it would have been, they just didn't see it in time. And so I, I guess in that sense, that would be invisible, too. 
Exactly. It's uh, when you go and you look at a surface. Uh, let's let's say you're in the mountains and and you uh, come across a lake that is just perfectly serene. Uh, could been you know not not a cl- maybe a few clouds in the sky, but not much going on. No wind to disrupt the. Uh, or cause waves or ripples into the water. You notice the water almost looks like uh, a glass or or a mirror, if you will. And a mirror is exactly what it is, uh, because you can look at a certain angle at that water on the lake, and you can see the reflection of the trees or mountains in the background in that water. Uh, it makes for a beautiful picture. Let me let me add. Uh, yeah. But it almost looks like it's a. Uh, um, uh, you know, when you in, invert a picture uh, yeah. of itself, and if you can mimic that, uh, then you can mimic becoming invisible. Hmm. So I want to go ahead and uh, maybe get to the monster part of the uh, uh, the monster mash here, and um, and and ask about uh, humans being invisible. Uh, when how did you know that what you were looking at was a human if it if it's invisible well, because, because a cre- a tree can't talk <laughs> <laughs> you know an so animal can't still able talk to communicate with you so you of course of course the human being is not gone they just cannot be seen mm. mm-hmm. they're there there's no doubt, because what this is, it's the curving of light mm-hmm. and the reflections imitate the surroundings. So the appearance you see is that you are not being able to see by the human eye. Invisibility. Yeah. And and are we able to travel with this ability? I mean, I can see something standing still and maybe we manipulate the light. But, you know, if we're, you know, because this is Monster Mash, if we're talking about an invisible man and, you know, if the movie is correct at all, he was able to leave and walk around and go places. And, you know, you see the coffee cup lift up and move and then he sits it back down almost like a ghost. Um are, are we looking at some kind of a cloaking device or, or a machine of some kind? How are we able to transport this body now, um, you know, and, and move the light around it consistently? Well, he's uh, an invisible man adapted to the environment around him um, using the exact suit that he was wearing, actually wearing kind of like a jumpsuit, if you will, mm-hmm. with a little tiny, uh, they're almost the size, I would say, of a, of a, of a hay penny, which is like a, a half a penny that was before, uh, way back in the early, early days, they used mm-hmm. to have half pennies. And it, it's about to do it properly. Uh, and with our experiments, we're still working on, on, on that exact number. We've come. We've gone up to almost twelve hundred of these tiny look look hay pennies that you attach to the suit, which is like tiny mirrors that attract the light. And as they attract the light and they bounce back off, these mirrors 
the illusion of invisibility uh, becomes a reality because you, as you move with the environment, the invisibility moves with you. Okay. You yeah. So this is where it really does get interesting to me because my brain is thinking, all right, is it a skin condition? Is it like uh, some sort of scales or, and in this case, you're saying it's a human or a man-made technology. Um, we may have to ask uh, next time uh, Joe Duke is with us, ask yeah. him if he's uh, heard the, the government, you know, working on anything like this, our, yeah. our government contact. So um, I, I, I'd like to get uh, more into the, the details about the people part of this. Um, you know, uh, maybe uh, we should take a quick break first and then, you know, and, and um, compose ourselves because I'm getting a little excited when it comes to, to who is doing what. Yes, I'd like to get that man's number, too, if we could. Well, maybe we could talk about it after the show because I'd like to have him on my new Apple show. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hook it up. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with Jeremy Baxter. Great. Great. Welcome back to Real True Facts. Talking today with Jeremy Baxter, um, expert in reflective science. Uh, we're talking today about the Invisible Man, Invisibility, uh, week two of our Monster Mash. Jeremy, thanks for coming back. Well, well thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, and I actually, uh, I think I'll refer to Jeremy as a renegade scientist, you know, shunned by the community because yeah. of the, the work he's doing. And not everyone believes you. So sometimes you have to take your work outside of the system. Yeah, it happens. So I have to commend you for that. Just like Real True Facts, um, the podcast, you know, we have to sometimes take our show outside of the system so that uh, our messages can be heard. Yeah. Hey, only way to do it. Only way to do it. I, I, I agree. Thank you. So, yeah, we were talking about we're getting into the people part of the equation. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a person can wear a, a suit, as you were saying, this man-made technology um, that you've been experimenting with. Have you encountered uh, other um, people who are invisible that you, you couldn't figure out whether or not they were wearing the suit or whether it was some other technology or um, that you're still trying to maybe track down uh, this person or uh, persons that uh, you know are invisible? Well, there is a theory of this not being a, a suit, if you will. And I have been, will continue to pursue that, uh, that theory. Uh, I just, I just don't quite understand it yet. Mm -hmm. It's just, it amazes me because if you use the reflective light, you, you can become invisible for the moment. But if you're not using a suit, how can you become translucent to the human eye? And it's just every week we talk about it on my show. And we just are close. We've got to be close. But there is there's definitely, definitely something else out there that can turn invisible without a suit. So you, you believe that you have encountered, um, I guess, an invisible person. Um, well, I didn't are, technically see anything. Yeah, you didn't see, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but you know, we, we get that, <laughs> we, we get that feeling that maybe we're being watched or, you know, being, 
you know, separate from maybe the, 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 the funded science world that maybe there's some people taking a look at your research, you know, how do we, how do we separate just that general paranoia from like, you know, there, there's actually someone there that may have taken this technology and run with it too. Prime example. You ever, you know, I'm sure both of you, Joyce and Pat, have been walking down a sidewalk and sure. you stumble or you trip. Oh. You look back and there's nothing there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, and you kind of straighten yourself up and you act like, oh, that was, I tripped over something, but there was something there. It was invisible. Yeah. And that's what made you trip. You couldn't mm. see it. So, so could this, the is science, this, the science yeah. says, the science says then that the invisibility does not just start with a human, but there's other ways. And so something was there, invisible. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going to ask was uh, it, it seems to make more sense that rather than a human going around tripping people, it could be, uh, you know, an invisible dog or cat or or a smaller animal uh, that, that that's exactly, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So and as far as I mean, it, I, I have to doubt that these uh, the possums are, are wearing suits. So it's occurring in nature as, uh, you know, obviously a freak occurrence. Um, and then you've done some science to replicate it. Um, and it sounds like the big question is, you know, figuring out the origin of this freak occurrence in nature. Exactly. And, and how we tangle that each week on our show um, is a, uh, is kind of a, a reflection of what we're trying to do, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of, of proving that theory. Now, it's tough to prove that theory when you're working on a whole nother part of science, and that's the suit that we've established and, 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 and created ourselves. So there's two sides. There's different. And I believe this. I believe. And that's yeah. what we're trying to figure out is how. You know, if we can figure, we figure out the invisibility using a suit, how in the world, how in the world are they figuring out how to do it without a suit? Yeah. yeah. Now, have you yourself gone invisible? Have you worn the suit? I have. I'm wearing it now. Oh, wow. You can't see me, can you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's an audio broadcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 takes, it takes quite a bit. Uh, quite a bit to uh, get the suit prepared. It's almost uh, the production of getting that suit prepared and ready to go actually invisible is like a like a SpaceX launch. Sure. You see, there's so much of the science involved uh, because you have to place. And that's part of the problem. It's basically placing those little hay pennies exactly uh, in the correct spot and having the exact uh, best weather or lighting, if you will, to reflect said light uh, to make you uh, trans, you know, loosen, yeah, if you will. So yeah. this isn't this isn't something you can just pull out of your closet, zip on, and like, go rob a bank. You can't. Not yet, you can't Joyce. Yet. Not yet. Yeah. But I look forward to it. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> this uh, a thought just came to mind uh, that uh, parallels uh, many of our greatest scientific uh, advancements and achievements have been uh, either accidentally or intentionally uh, brought down by aliens, as we know. So yeah. now my gears have started turning, thinking that, um, you know, maybe this technology, just like so many of our other technologies, you know, uh, you know, people use a microwave. They think that, you know, humans just thought that up. People use, um, you know, bells. People use... Uh, microchips, people mm -hmm. use uh, glue, and they just say, oh, well, humans, right? Uh, so much of that just came from aliens, and uh, whether it was accidental or intentional. Have you explored that thought, um, uh, Jeremy, that perhaps this came from, you know, uh, off Earth, and whether it's experimentation or, you know, or an accidental uh, lapse? <sighs> I firmly believe that there are things outside of our universe. We'd be crazy not to think so. Uh, just by looking at the hieroglyphics of the world, the, the pyramids, the Easter Island, uh, the, the, what appears to be runways in, 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 from the ocean going into a, a, a cave. A runway for what? We didn't even have airplanes yeah. back then. Mm -hmm. And if you if you look at the science of it, anytime uh, caught on video uh, pictures of unidentified flying objects, notice they'll be there for a moment and then poof, they're gone. Yeah, that's invisibility. They disappear, not because of the speed of their rockets or said machines, but they are still there watching. They could be sitting there watching us now, but they're invisible. Yeah. We've created invisibility with airplanes. You go up, there's certain airplanes that the government has that if you go up into the sky high enough, the reflection will will actually make the bottom of the plane disappear so you can't see it in the sky you just think you're looking at the sky mm. it's there wow that's really mean? interesting that we think we've actually i think replaced uh invisibility with speed in a lot of cases it was there and then it wasn't yeah. so it must have been super fast oh, so fast right but it no in, wow that's a huge uh man that it every cra time cracks it open a little bit for us mm -hmm. yeah Especially mm -hmm. because we talk about aliens all the time. I mean, it's sort of like our bread and butter. But yeah, it's like you think, oh, they're so fast. They, they've they've gone somewhere. It's like no, they're still there. Like they mm -hmm. are always watching us. Which which brings me to um, my next question uh, is about the uh, psychological impact of invisibility. Because earlier in the show, we talked briefly about. Um, which side of it you would be on. Would You would be either be on the um, power side or you would be on the insecurity side. And as someone uh, who has gone invisible, how do you feel when you do that? It, it, do you feel like you um, have a power or do you feel like you... Um, you know, you're... Um, <laughs> I guess, do you feel sad that no one can see you? <sighs> Well, for years, I felt sad because nobody could see me. But that's another story. Yeah. Um, 
we won't go there right now. Um, so when I do put on the suit, you're damn right it's power. Yeah. Oh, yes, it's power. Wow. Yeah. A lot of power. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it comes down to that feeling of control and, uh, you know, being able to do something that other people are in awe of. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Robin Banks. Because <laughs> yeah. well, I, I think that some people, when they have that power, they want to do good or they, they want to do nefarious acts. And you mm. seem like the kind of person that is uh, in it for the science. You know, I know we joke about robbing banks because who who wouldn't have that thought? You know, what could I get away with? But, you know, I think uh, ultimately in working on the science and being there, you're just you're trying to get information. You're trying to learn more about uh, the unexplainable. Absolutely. There's yeah. no doubt. Because what, whatever I can take from my um, scientific um, evolution of the suit and the invisibility, that, that could be super powerful in explaining how the ships, uh, spaceships, yeah, going back to that, are able to just disappear. But yet they're still there, mm-hmm. and that's that. That is something that uh, that hopefully, if we can figure out how to reverse, like the reflection that I was talking about earlier in the in the crystal clear lake, if we can reverse that, then maybe we can see those ships that are there, and maybe who knows, there could be thousands watching us right now. We didn't know it. Yeah. So. This actually, I think, is the perfect transition to uh, one of my, you know, my favorite question, uh, you know, the psychological aspect and the self-preservation aspect in, uh, in self-defense. So if uh, since with your insider knowledge, how first of all, how could one tell what are some techniques someone uh, could use to tell if there's an invisible being uh, watching them? And then the second part of the question is. Uh, what should someone do uh, to, you know, protect themselves or defend uh, themselves, uh, you know, against an invisible person or, or being? We do a lot of science with the blind. And I say that in jest. You see, the blind have a keen sense of hearing. And they have usually uh, people that are, 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 have lost their sight or, or, or were born without sight have uh, their uh, awakened keen sense of hearing and they can hear the invisibility. And when I say that is not only do they have a stick to help them walking, but they can hear so much clearer. That's why when sometimes you see an animal, a wild animal walks close, they're not looking at you and being afraid. They can hear and sense something invisible around you. Mm-hmm. Whether it could be the aliens or whether whoever it could be that has mastered this. I had an example when I was wearing the suit. I was wearing the suit and we were testing it out. It was a perfect, perfectly beautiful, beautiful fall afternoon. And this is about oh, what, a year and a half ago when I first started uh, my show. Uh, and we were out, uh, me and my partner. Jonathan, we're out in the woods and we were testing the suit out. And he was hiding behind a rock 
and he has a we have a special machine that helps to uh adjust inflate and deflate the suit uh and, and kind of a ripple effect that helps uh to 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 reflect the light mm-hmm. it kind of moves as i move uh if you will and uh, i came across a lynx and the lynx was just sitting there looking at me, looking in my direction and of course, I was scared out of my wits. I'm right. thinking, oh my goodness, this thing's going to attack me. Yeah. But it couldn't see me. But it knew I was there. It yeah. knew because of its senses. So what, whether it's an animal or whether it's, it, 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 it's a blind person, you can sense if something's invisible around you. Mm-hmm. You just have to listen. Now, as far as <sighs> something attacking you... Um, that's when uh, uh, you really have to just actually be <laughs> pretty good with a whip, I suppose. <laughs> uh, you can't just go around life swinging something around your head and hoping it, it, it hits. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you kind of just have to play that one by ear. I don't have an exact answer right. for that. Yeah, because yeah, how can you protect yourself from something you can't see? I, I guess you know, from what you're saying, just work on sharpening your senses. If uh, if I guess if you sense something is off, you know, remove yourself from the uh, from the situation. Correct. Yeah. And it sounds like you know, in the the world of the invisible. Uh, the blind woman is queen, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway from this uh, this episode. Might be that invisibility isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's not the you know the end all be all that I want that I you know may have thought. Yeah, you know, like because- oh, this is this is a superpower. We we can turn it on and off when we want. We can just do this. It's like you really have to commit to being invisible. Like that's mm-hmm. it's not just something you do. It's like you know, an actual science that I suppose people can use for their own gains, but maybe we're just not there yet, uh, which is good. <laughs> right. It's but pretty even, ironic. Yeah. Even maybe. so, you can be heard and sensed, even if you can't yeah. be seen. And I think uh, that makes the, the a huge difference. Yeah. The irony of somebody that can't see and somebody that can't and that it, it is not visible. About yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the person who can't see sees more when you're dealing with invisibility. Mm. Mm. Yeah, wow. That's that's deep stuff. Uh, Jeremy Baxter, everybody. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your your talents, your energy, your knowledge. We see you. You don't yeah. have to be invisible with us. We see you. We see what you're doing. And um, your contributions are greatly appreciated. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. So why don't we throw it to a quick break? Uh, when we come back, we will open up our Real True Facts mailbag. Sounds good. Hey, we're back from our final break on Real True Facts. Let's open up our mailbag. Yes, I am excited to hear what uh, kind of conversations we have this week revolving around uh, the Monster Mash. Yeah, um, you know, everyone's super excited about it. Obviously, I mean, Halloween is one of my favorite times of year. So we've had a lot of engagement on our Instagram, uh, which you can find at Real True Facts Graham. 
Um, and we've been posting questions and polls and things like that just to kind of get our listeners engaged here. And uh, people have had a lot to say. So I figured we'd uh, read the results of the polls. Um, so a couple days ago, we asked, who's your favorite classic monster? And hmm. the response was overwhelming. Um, really? We had, yeah, we had a lot of people chime in and we didn't get a lot of repeats. And it actually was exciting for me because there's some monsters that I had forgotten about. I know we, when we brainstorm ideas for the show, sometimes these things don't come up. But um, uh, someone said the uh, creature of the Black Lagoon. That's what it's called. Okay, I kept yeah. thinking like the Gila monster or oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the Swamp Man. I'm trying swamp, to think. Swamp Man, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, Gila monster. That's just the name of the lizard. Right. So, yeah, creature, yeah, the creature from, the, from the Black Lagoon. Black Lagoon. Okay, yep. Um, someone said a wolf man, which is mm-hmm. good. We already did that. Uh, Dracula. Um, Dracula's wives. Dracula's Dracula wives. Had, I had forgotten about this. Dracula had three wives. He had like at the I mean, same time yeah or? yeah he had like a den he had like a den of vampire almost like a coven yeah huh. like a yeah a coven so yeah, yeah dracula dracula's wives uh frankenstein's monster uh someone said bloody mary which i thought was oh, cool oh that's fun yeah, yeah i yeah. wonder uh did we get bride of frankenstein since we got Dracula's wife? Uh, let me scroll. No, I didn't get the Bride of Frankenstein. I, I, I'm. I feel like that's more uh, a little bit more known than the Brides of Dracula, but that's just me. Maybe that's. Yeah, a, I don't know. Um, I mean, people are super into vampires, so I don't know. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're um, huge. Uh, there were huge books and and uh, uh, series and movies yeah. based on yeah Frankenstein. A lot, a lot of lot of lore there. Uh, but yeah, Frankenstein. Like, Bully Mary. Uh, another person said Banshees. Hmm. May have to research what the yeah. difference between a Banshee and a Poltergeist or other sort of ghost is. Yeah, there's a, l- a lot of screaming with Banshees, I think. Oh, I've heard. Um, and then uh, another one for Dracula. So, I mean, everyone. So, because we got a couple of um, responses for Dracula, uh, we posed another poll, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. And I'm, I'm going to read the results of it live. Yeah. I haven't seen the results of this poll yet, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to read them live here. But um, well, while you're pulling that up, I have to. I'm curious um, whether we'll do. Uh, we may do vampires next, or we may save it for the yeah. final since it's uh, so hot right now. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, results of our poll. I asked. Um, so out out of all of those, who is your you know between the two, Dracula or Frankenstein? <laughs> and I'm looking at the results. We are split fifty fifty, mm. uh, which is hilarious. That half the half of our uh, followers said Dracula, half of the people said Frankenstein. So we're split down the middle. We don't know who's the best yet, but um, it definitely might be worth exploring in future shows for the Monster Mash. Yeah, I am really interested in Frankenstein's monster because you know we know it's a we know it's a work of fiction just like uh, I mean Dracula, um, you know they're books they're works of fiction and uh, but so much of them are inspired by reality so that's going to be the fun is exploring you know where the real Frankenstein's monster was or is and you know whether we talk about Vlad the Impaler or yeah. you know modern vampires. Um, there's a there's a lot there. There's so much there. I mean, it's almost like UFOs. You have to do like a a multiple part anthology series just on that stuff. Um, but uh, but but yeah, um, excellent 
engagement on our Instagram. Again, you can see all of that good stuff, more info behind our guests and behind our shows at Real True Facts Graham. Uh, maybe next week we get into Frankenstein's monster a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, if you would like to answer, answer, well, we'll answer them, but if you'd like to ask us a question, our email is mail at Real True Facts. Mail, wait, is that right? Mail at, <laughs> mail at Real True Facts Podcast.com. Yep. Um, and, and you can link to our Podbean um, at realtruefactspodcast.com, but it's mail at realtruefactspodcast.com. Uh, ask us questions. If you have any questions about Frankenstein, any tidbits we need to know going into it, just let us know. Shoot us an email there. Um, we'll read your questions on the air. Yes, and and be sure to not only check us out on all the major platforms, uh, but follow. I find that's the easiest way to get new uh, episodes. Yeah. If you subscribe uh, or follow on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google, Amazon, uh, Stitcher, and uh, I believe there are a few more um, because no one has uh, taken up the challenge to <laughs> find a platform we are not on. But yeah. I always recommend when people ask about the show, hey, subscribe or follow on one of those services. And so you'll always be uh, notified when a new episode drops. Yeah. And um, tell your friends. Word of mouth is always good. It helps us do our jobs better. Get you more shows, more people that listen. Uh, we, we get we get I mean, we're always going to have good content for you, but it'll be uh, better stuff. More people that listen, uh, get the word out there. And the best part is that everyone gets real true facts. They get to learn the truth about their world, which is ultimately the most important part for us. Yeah, I think that's a good point. When we ask for support, whether it's more listeners and subs and likes and reviews that, you know, or if we delve into a Patreon that leads to money and things like that, it'll allow us to hire more research assistants, uh, things like that, better equipment so that we can delve deeper into the truth and all of the uh, the facts, you know, yeah. all the things that are real. So that'll help. Um, you know, it's not so that we can both buy new fancy cars, uh, especially in these bunkers. I don't have much. Well, I don't a, need to drive. I don't need to go yeah, anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, please uh, yeah, show your support where you can. I could stand a multivitamin, but that's about it. Yeah, that's one of the few things I do splurge on. I find vitamins <laughs> that prices keep going up. But yeah, yeah. without uh, as much exposure to daylight as I would like. Yeah. Those multivitamins, I, I feel yeah. pretty important. Help us help us get our vitamins. Um, so yeah, I, I think that'll do it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in for another week of Real True Facts and uh, Volume 2 of Monster Mash. Uh, stay tuned next week for Volume 3 as we continue our fun Halloween adventures. Um, follow us, email us, and keep listening. And most importantly, I know I say this every week, but keep questioning your world because just because you hear about it or read about it doesn't mean it's true. We will see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.